GalaxyCon Live is the place for you to hear about fandom from the celebrities who bring geek culture to life. Welcome, friends and fans, to another edition of GalaxyCon Live, where we are bringing the convention experience directly to you. And today, we are going back to the final frontier with three cast members from two eras of Star Trek, and now is the time for all of you in our chat room to begin typing in your questions for them. Immediately after this session, you will have the opportunity to talk to them directly through our private chat options, as well as shop our selection of personalized autographs, all of which are available now at GalaxyCon.com. So without further ado, let's beam them up. Our first guest is an actor whose credits include Out to Sea, Independence Day, and Penny Dreadful, City of Angels. Today, he is here to discuss his roles as Lieutenant Commander Data and his various relations and permutations in both Star Trek The Next Generation and Star Trek Picard. Please welcome back the always awesome Brent Spiner. Hi, it's me. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. How you doing, Patty? I'm good, Brett. How you been holding up? I've been holding up. Holding up indeed. I know, I know. It, it it took you a long time, but you finally let a let a COVID beard come in, didn't you? Yeah. Well, you know what? I I had some work done, and I wanted to cover it up. Hey, you know, it is a beautiful day here in uh, Southern California. It's supposed to be pouring today, but it's actually gorgeous outside. I'm looking right now at the ocean. Ooh, yeah. ocean view, nice. Do you, uh... I'm on a boat. Oh, okay. <laughs> It's nice. Do you ever, do you ever uh, dabble in surfing? A what? Do you ever surf? No. I, well, I once surfed in uh, uh, Freeport, Texas. Uh, the waves were not, uh, you know, about a quarter inch, something like that. Uh, but uh, I, I still wasn't very good at it. Big inner level. It's all good. It's all good. You, you, you still got time. Oh, good. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> uh, our next guest, her credits include the return of Sherlock Holmes, Gargoyles, and the Orville. Today, she joins us to talk about her role in Star Trek The Next Generation as Commander and Counselor Deanna Troy, and a recent return to the character in Star Trek Picard. Please welcome back the always lovely Marina Sirtis. Hey, Patty. Hi, Brian. Hey. Hi. Hi, Marina. I'm good. How are you guys doing? You look we like are you. well. Good. You, you are you smiling. Fabulous, Brent. Huh? What did you say? What did I you say you're fantastic. Oh, well, I didn't hear. I just wanted to make sure that I heard right. Thank you. Yeah, let me say it again. <laughs> so, Brent, so do you. So do oh, you, Brent. Thank you, darling. And um, I don't believe you've had any work done because you're too perfect. You don't. No, this is, this is in honor of Sean Connery. For, oh, you know. bless. Do you know, I had Christmas dinner with Sean Connery once. Yeah, yeah really. Did you have another experience with Sean once? I had a whole experience. I have, I have, I have a whole Sean Connery story. <laughs> yeah, good, good. <laughs> hmm. All right. From my youth. Okay. Maybe we'll ask that. Later. Well, Marita, always a pleasure to see you. You are smiling radiantly, and it's not hard to guess why. <laughs> we did it! <laughs> 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 and, no worries, no worries. And finally, he is an actor and director with over 200 film and credited television credits who have earned him two Emmys and a Golden Globe. His body of work includes TJ Hooker, Boston Legal, and The Unexplained. And today he joins us is, to talk about his role as Captain James Tiberius Kirk in the original Star Trek. Please welcome back the always awesome William Shatner. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Yeah, I, I was listening to my two friends. Brent uh, said, you know, he, he surfed uh, uh, in Texas. Actually, I surfed as well, but the king didn't like me, so he told me to get out. I get it. As a guy, thank you, Brent. As long I don't care, get it. The body of one. Sir. Sir. Marina, how come you look 15 years younger? Because I've lost about 20 pounds. Wow. Oh. That's what, three quarters of a pound for each year? You know what? You know what? I thought I was thin when I did Picard. And when I saw myself on the screen, I realized I had been deluding myself. <laughs> what, I, wasn't, thin? I wasn't thin at all. It's terrible when that happens, off. isn't it? Holy cats, I, I look that big. <laughs> yeah, that can't so, uh, be me. That was, and also, well, look, there's two, another reason was, you know, I lost Michael, I lost Michael almost a year ago now, and working out, I found if I didn't work out, um, I was depressed, 
And if yeah. I did work out, it kind of kicked my endorphins in, and I didn't yeah. want to, you know, jump off a bridge. That's, so that's, it was a- I'd like to kick your endorphins in. That's fantastic. Hey. Brent, I, I wanted to ask you, uh, did, did, did COVID-19, did, did, did you have No, it? no, he died of a heart attack. No, no, no. But did I? Oh, oh Michael, you mean? No. No. Um, um, uh, but I thought you said you, you had it, Brent. No, no, I didn't have it. No, none oh. of us have it. No, no, I was, I was joking about his beard. Oh. Yeah, no, knock on wood, I have not. He just, uh, looks, like, he just looks like he has it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The, 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 the COVID beard that uh, exactly. people have and many people still have. So, I shaved, Marina, I shaved how, mine how, off this morning. How are you doing, Marina? How are you doing with all that, uh, uh, with life visiting you? You know the what? Travails of life. Uh, I, I, I realized that by pretending to be a strong woman all my life, um, hiding all the insecurities and just rubbish underneath, I, I, I realized that I, I actually became a strong woman by pretending to be one for all those years. Uh, and I'm, I'm, I'm a very strong woman, I've realized. It's like, can, it's like the, wizard, the Wizard of Oz, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. How, how so? What's that? How, how, how's it like the Wizard of Oz? Yeah. Pretending yeah. to be brave. Pretending to be brave. Oh, yeah. oh, oh yes, if I only had a knife. So sorry. The lion. You've slowed down so much in these. No, no, no. We just had to say, uh, um, what's the word? Uh, well, anyway, if you only had the noise, right? Yeah, the, the noise. Yeah. yeah. Well, <laughs> actually, my husband was a surfer. And, Indeed. Uh, we basically only went on vacation to places where there were waves, <laughs> apart from Greece. So and he's, a, uh, he's a rock star and a surfer, huh? And in surfer. Greece, and in Greece there are waves, but not. Actually, not no. In Greece, what was really funny you. in Greece? Yeah. We went to Greece, and the first time I took him to one of the Greek islands, he took a spear gun and he took his flippers, and he had the goggle, you know, the goggle and the and the thing coming out, and he was going to go spear fishing in Greece. And he came back three hours later, totally empty-handed, and he was like, man, those Greek fish are fast. But as he was coming out of the ocean, the Greeks on the beach were in hysterics because they're like, yeah, this trident, and they're like, here comes Poseidon. <laughs> it was like he looked like Poseidon coming out of the ocean. I had the best time in Santorini years ago, a uh, uh, great island. Uh, as you probably all know, it was the – tip of a volcano that blew up and people were there and, and the tsunami as a result changed civilization all around the Greek islands. And then there's a, the remnants of the village is, uh, is there. It's a beautiful wow. island. So, you know, there. everyone who doesn't know Bill and only knows him through media and through his um, work, um, I, I have to tell you, Bill Shatner never stops reading He's one of the most well-read, widely read, informed people that I have ever met. And, and the other thing, interested. You're yeah, interested. Yes. You're, uh, you're inquisitive. I, I, I really am. You ask I really questions. Am. Yes. I uh, there's, there's a, uh, I bought two books uh, the last couple of days. Um, what it's like to be a bird and the mind of a horse. Mm. Right. See, is that, two books is that, I would never like, buy. I mean, imagine know, writing a book on what it's like to be a bird. I mean, the birds, birds observe us all the time. We, we're unaware of how much attention birds pay to us and recognize our habits and the way we do we, we deal with things. You just proved it's, my point, Bill. Yep. Yeah, <laughs> I read novels. Brent, Brent reads biographies. He, he's interested in people. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Brad, you're very interested in uh, Hollywood history and and that's sort yeah. of the the Silver Age and and the and the ancestry of pornography. I, I know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I read your biography, as a matter of fact, Bill. <laughs> as, <laughs> as you know, as you know, we had a, 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 a little, little inside oh, the actor's studio on the cruise. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. The insights the audience is getting of you guys is. You know what? We could do that whole thing again, Bill, uh, as if uh, you never answered a question. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, how Bill, how Bill can ever say that I talk too much when basically when you did that with him on the cruise, 
You asked him one question and then built it for half an hour. I, I, I researched. I studied for weeks. I had I had a, a stack of questions. And, and I, I wound and up asking one question. Don't ask me one question. What is it like, Bill, to be in the mind of a horse? <laughs> hey, nay to that. Yeah. <laughs> well done. Oh Lord. Uh, it's like what do you feed a gay horse? Hey. Oh, <laughs> really? I just think you lost half your audience. <laughs> no, we don't lose audience. They're here for the duration, aren't you, people? I, I hear cheering. Yeah, I hear cheering. You know what? There's probably nobody watching because they're all out in the streets celebrating. But never mind. <laughs> They're in New York. They're all saying I was actually I was, when with this is done, I might Google to see where they where they if they're congregating in Los Angeles somewhere. That's an interesting uh, uh, dichotomy, isn't it? The man who believes in science and and taking uh, care of the the COVID with a scientific metho- methodology, groups of people are gathering around to celebrate. Yeah, but they're all yeah. wearing masks. And they're they are all wearing masks, which they're is all wearing masks and they're yeah. I, I think I'm happiest, and and I'm I may be premature in saying this, but I, I'm happiest for the planet. Yes, uh, because it has at least a shot now. You know, us. you know why? You know why? Because we we officially came out of the Paris Climate Accord last week. Right. So we're only we're only going to be out of it for a couple of months because I'm sure that's right. one of the first thing that Joe does is going to put us back in the Paris Climate Accord that's right. um, group. Yeah. Um, and and, and I, loved, I loved I loved what um, Macron said in France. He tweeted, "Welcome back, America!" <laughs> oh my goodness, that's wonderful. <laughs> let, let, let me true, and and we need to go much further and farther uh, to save the planet than the Paris Accords. Oh, oh, yeah, but this is we you know baby steps, Bill. We got to start somewhere. What? Got to start uh, somewhere. Since we can all agree 2020 is uh, not the best year in, in... No, no, it is the best year. It's a pivotal historical year. And all of us, those four of us here and everybody listening to us and the whole world has been privy to an historic moment where yes. the earth has a chance to pivot and, and, and make its way forward. That's yeah, right. Absolutely. That's right. Yeah. What's, uh, what's everybody's uh, hope for 2021? 2022. A series. <laughs> being totally Excellent, selfish. Yeah. Being totally selfish. I'd like a series, please. <laughs> Here in the United States, you cheater. Anywhere, anywhere. You'd move back I'd in anywhere an to be in a series. <laughs> yeah, I'd like to, uh, you know, hang out with my friends again, and yes. uh, yeah. you know, and go to the theater and uh, go to yeah, dinner with theater. with my buddies. And in order to recognize you, you'd have to shave the beard. Are you well, willing to do that? I, I am. I will. I will be shaving it very soon. As soon I'm as amazed it's you have that much. I, I actually am impressed that you have that much beard. Really? Yeah. Oh, I have more than this. Oh, you do much more. Okay. Yeah, I'm just. Uh, I didn't I mean, want to. But it's so. It's so. It's what, so what is that supposed? Sparse in any spot. You know what I don't get, Marina. What baby? What is the fascination of a beard? I, I hate I, beards. I, what? I hate You hate them. I hate them. I, I would think so. They're yeah, bristly. They, uh, yeah, bristly you know, is itchy. I I've gotten close to him when he's had a beard, and it's terrible. Horrible. It's prickly in a gym. I don't want to hug Brent anymore. No. I, if I see <laughs> a guy with a beard, I come out in a rash. Uh, I come out in a rush. In a rush. <laughs> yeah. But it's, it's, it's just terrible. It's horrible. A beard it's doesn't look good. Why is everybody growing a beard? It's because well, it's... it's they're slaves to fashion, Bill. Slaves. No, no, no. You know what? This isn't fashionable. The thing is, uh, if you look really good without a beard, yeah, uh, then you, you don't want a beard. But if you don't look all that great without a beard, then the beard kind of enhances. Uh, yeah, but I just. Oh, you know what? You know what? It'll hide a weak you. chin. It'll hide a weak chin if you have a yes, beard. It'll also hide a double chin if you have a beard. Not hide it, but kind of lessen it. Because I was what watching are you talking the about the beard brings attention to it. Oh, look at that guy with the beard and the two chins. 
<laughs> there is also it's, it's November, and a lot of guys still do the no shave November, where they just will just let it grow out during the month of November and just right. on I, December. I yeah, and no yeah. personal okay. relationship uh, for the month because a beard is like you know, yeah. stay away from me. It's a signal, stay away from me, right? First you know, of all, it gets bristly. Some women you say need they to grow like it long for it to be soften up. Is that correct, Brent? It, it is soft at this point. Uh, you, I think. Do you condition it when you wash? Your, you know, yeah, I, I, uh, I oil it. I, I do all sorts of things with it. <laughs> oil it. <laughs> I can't grow one. I can't even grow a mustache. Uh, if I grow something out, it looks like a pencil thin. I look like a character actor from the forties at best. <laughs> you know that was just uh, another. Uh, Wizard of Oz reference when I said I well. It. Oh, right. yeah, okay. the, the other thing I don't you know get. It was too. Yeah. Long, it was too long ago. It was too long ago to be a reference. The other thing I don't get is that pencil thin mustache yeah. that we used to have, and this, and and uh, some people still grow. It's like a feathery little. What is that? I don't know. It's oh, David Niven, isn't it? It's what? It's David Niven. David Niven. But all, every the thirties and forties, yeah. this little pencil mustache—it looked, it looked bizarre and silly and stupid. Yeah. Let me ask you about another uh, sort of uh, affectation. Um, how do you feel about uh, face piercing? About I mean, what? Face piercing. Now, you know we're all accustomed to piercing ears. Yeah. yeah. Oh. But like, like noses and mouths. And yeah. Yeah. Lips. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I don't know. How do I feel about it? I yeah. feel like the, the I, I see this person's flesh ripping as 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 a result of sneezing. If you sneeze and you have something in your nose, yeah, you're able to rip your flesh out. In your tongue, you bite down on something hard, your tongue rips out. I, I see I, flesh and blood. William. Yeah. William. It's, yes. Um, you're 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 missing the uh, you're missing the point. The real reason. Tongue. Of the tongue yeah. piercing. Yeah. Am I right, well, Patty? Am I right, Patty? Yes, yeah. you are. I, I I dated a professional body piercer and uh, yes. A professional body piercer. Is yeah. that a field? Yeah, it it, it, it it still is like a tech a tattoo artist or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Did it feel yeah. oh, yeah. good, Patty? Did it feel good? I I have I have all the orifices God gave me, and that's it. I've never indulged. So. What does that got to do with his tongue piercing? Oh well, uh, I'm talking about the, uh, it's it's different. Different, different, it's different. It's, it's different. How do you to kiss to kiss someone with a tongue piercing with a stud? It's a different experience. I'm I'm talking about our general you audience. Keep it clean. Yes, I am. It's my job. <laughs> uh, it feels good, does it, Patty? It feels different. I can I can't say it's better or worse for me. Um, many people enjoy the experience. Many people like. Have you assessed that? Mm, yeah, it's, you know, I've well, I've, I've kissed people with them and without them, and I'm okay with both. But um, it's just when it's when it, when when their their tongue piercing scrapes against my, my teeth, that's when it gets a little weird. Yeah, well, no, but you like have that. an electrical contact. If a filling on your tooth. Me, me, the positive and the negative uh, energy in both those pieces of metal, you could you could have a, a shocking attraction. Only Shatner could go there, really. <laughs> <laughs> if, if, it's, if it's surgical feel, where like, like most of the good stuff shouldn't be, it shouldn't be too too connective like that. But uh, but it it could be possible. Oh, yeah. Well, well, anyway, we got to the bottom of it. <laughs> <laughs> That's the worst, isn't it? Yeah. Who brought that up? That was Bill, Bill brought that up. Now, that was Brett that brought that up. I brought it up. talking about affectations like beards, and I was thinking about there are other things, you know, that people I think, do. I think, think that, um, I think the piercing is more of a, it's like almost a political statement when you get a piercing. Is it? I think. I think. It's, it's a very big statement. It's not like getting your ears pierced. But is it a statement like getting like uh, like tattooing? I mean, yeah, is it the I same? Think so, but even more yeah. extreme. Yeah. The 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 nice thing is you can go Perfect. stealth. You Unlike a tattoo, out. you take it out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's it's true. Just, it, I, it, it 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 gets in the way of the symmetry of the face. Right. It looks ugly. I, I think it's 
my niece has a uh, has a belly button ring, but it what? just means that's a that's a fashion thing. All it's yes. a lot all right. of women yes. because that's they show adornment. their midriff. They show their midriff, so they want to adorn it. You know, make it prettier. Yeah, maybe I don't know. All I can think of is it would rub against my waistband. And but mine doesn't. What? Uh, doesn't? I said mine doesn't. It's uh, very close. <laughs> I keep it above, below the waistband. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, so for the people watching, this is yeah. normal conversation between, yeah. uh, you know, between us. Actors. Anyway. Yeah. So. Uh, has anybody had to wear... Um, like uh, for a role of some kind, had to wear a lot of like facial jewelry or something, or no. even no. Okay, I've, I've worn electronics. What's that, Brenton? I've had to wear electronics on my head. That's true. Yeah. Do you get a buzz out of that? <laughs> of course, of course. Should we invite our audience in and see what they want to ask us? I think, uh, yeah, we've got questions good to go. So I'll ask Jude, okay. our producer, to roll. To death this this one. Schmooze. <laughs> um, this first one comes from the captain's log. Fair enough. If you were truly to go to space, what would you want to do first? And I, I assume in space. In sp- yeah. Well, I wouldn't. I wouldn't bung an American flag in the moon. That's what I wouldn't do. If I Already there. <laughs> because, you know, our history of colonization is not great as a, as a human race. So I'm um, sticking flags in other planets would be one thing that I would not do. There you go. Well, space. The final uh, frontier. It is. But, but Jeff Bezos is thinking of uh, planning uh, industry in space, getting heavy industry that pollutes the, the earth industry. Wow. It's a huge, it's a, as enormous as the industrial revolution. revolution. Really. Uh, and, and from, we, as we all realize what we just said before about the planet uh, burning up and uh, polluting up, it's a way of doing it. Yeah. And uh, I'm looking into that. Uh, I can't say any more, but uh, keep tuned. Industry okay. in space is where it's probably going. Well, that's a good idea. And he needs to do something with all yeah. that money that he's got. <laughs> well, I believe that that's kind of the the revolution that people who have power and uh, and the finances to do it can do it. It can be done for good yeah. as yeah. well as for bad. And, and they've theorized for years in a zero-gravity environment, uh, industrial production – you know, it could be limitless, uh, you know, by, by having nothing having any weight. So, but the aspect of having built the space uh, uh, station. station, yeah, all its minutiae, it started small and they built it, glommed onto it, and grew uh, things and knew, learned how to do things in space. It, it was a, it is and was a, a wonderful laboratory. Now, to use that information and to go further into space and to do it on a large basis. That's, I think, the future of them. Yeah. Well, Bill, what uh, you you would know the answer to this. How long before the sun burns out? Two and a half billion years, I believe. Two and a half billion. So, obviously, we've got to get off of this planet eventually. Quickly. 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 Yeah, before quickly. It happens. Absolutely. Yeah. No, the, the tragedy... In my, I've thought of this uh, several times, Brent. It's interesting. The tragedy of the sun exploding and encompassing the earth means the end of all this civilization that came before us and the discoveries and the things that we're going to invent in the future. All of our history will be yeah. gone. Right. Yeah. And how many times, how many times has that happened? In the past, in other <coughs> galaxies, we, we don't really know. We don't know. Yeah. And correct me if I'm wrong. We won't even be taken out by the explosion of the supernova. It'll just be the sun's gradual expansion that slowly bakes the Earth. You know, long before its supernovas. Well, we've already got we've already got millions and millions of um, environmental refugees. Uh, you know, 
because of the planet overheating and they can't grow food to feed themselves anymore. We got the sous feed of the earth. The sous feed of the earth. The sous feed. You have a you have a list, don't you? Uh, I just I was looking up sous feed the other day. What does that mean, actually? Well, you put food into an airtight package, watertight package, and you put it in hot water. Mm-hmm. The degree of the hot water uh, depends on what you're cooking. Like if you want to cook a steak, it's like feed. 120 degrees. It's you leave feed. It it's minutes, feed. And then it's you not feed. It. It's not feed. It's feed. It's feed. F-I-V-I-D-E. Yes. Feed. Yeah. It's not feed. feed. Like feed. Feed. Space feed. Right. feed. Feed. Yeah. That's a, I, I tell you, I it's a big print. I don't know what that says. The exactly, you should people. know that because you're flipping Canadian. I do, and I don't recognize it. In any under, case, Sue, okay. under Sue, what's feed? Feed. I don't know what feed you, is. You, you eat what you put in the water. You feed no, your yeah. V-I-D-E. <laughs> you know who's a big proponent? Is uh, Mr. John Delancey. He does that a lot. The, the, yeah, the upshot is if you're doing something like a steak, you can't overcook it. It the food. It, it, it makes the food uh, tender. It makes it tender. 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 Oh, yeah. Yeah, you, I had so, forgotten that word, but leave it to you to remember that word. Yeah. William, do you, know what a, do you know what a Bakewell tart is? Yes. I made one this week. I'm just saying. Did you, did you eat did. it? It was British dessert. Okay, next question. Cat <laughs> <laughs> uh, design, thank good? you. Did it, did you feel good? I did. did I did. Like I've never milk? made one before, and it and it looked okay. wasn't perfect, but it tasted good. Marina, did you make it for somebody? I did. I made it for um, my friends Chris and Becky Lithgow of uh, the Lithgow it... of the Lithgow of Dancing with the Stars family. Yes. What's uh, what's in this dessert? Real quick, is it? Uh, it is a butter pastry crust with an almond cake, uh, like an almond cake on the top, and then frosted in white frost, white and pink frosting. And good oh, for wait, you. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Above the pastry, there's a layer of raspberry jam, then Ooh. the almond cake, then the frosting. It is delicious. And it's good for people who, who can't eat gluten because you can eat, just don't eat the crust. Yeah, there you go. So, Captain Zog, thank you for the question that took us to, from the ends of the earth to a lovely British pastry. Yes. <laughs> what do we have next? From Adam. Marina is. She's a lovely British pastry to be tasted <laughs> one end to the other. <laughs> sweetness on top, a sweetness on top and tart and a tart you. underneath. I love you so much. And, and um, you know gluten-free. <laughs> And, yeah. and gluten-free, yeah. yeah. And piercing-free. Oh, actually, you know what? The good thing about my stamp is now that they're self-adhesive, you don't have to lick my back. Oh. Did they just cut her out? What did you say? Lick my what? I said the <laughs> thing about my – okay, so for the fans who have seen my Go stamp, back. here's my stamp, first-class stamp, Royal Mail in England, and I just said if – because they're self-adhesive now – you don't have to lick my backside. <laughs> yeah. that's, not, that's, that's not going to stop people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, here's one from Adam, and he wants to know how did you get your role for each of your characters? And I, and I assume I this relates to tra- six times. That's it. <laughs> okay. uh, I, I think I had about six auditions as well. Yeah. Yeah, and and then they gave it to me. I was asked. Yeah, oh, well, no, yeah. No, no doubt. As I was going to ask you about in our evening together. <laughs> uh, no, I, I have to be dated. Uh, I need an approach. Yes, no, I was asked and um, and uh, hastily agreed. Yeah, yeah well, because you were because you were brought in when they didn't like the first fella, right? Right. And, and Bill had already uh, accomplished so many things on the stage and, yes, and television yes. and yes. films by then. Yes. That people, he was, forget, uh, people forget that you're a proper actor. Yeah. They didn't. Uh, a proper actor. In our case, Marina, they didn't know who we were. No. Uh, but well, Bill, they knew who the bar was. They, they soon found out. They knew Will Wheaton. 
they soon found your talents. At great expense. Yes. Yes. <laughs> to them. Yes. Speak for yourself. Speak for yourself, Brett. Well. <laughs> uh, Adam, thank you very much. And what do we have next from Lawrence? Oh, what is your biggest challenge as an actor? Okay, I'll ask that one first as well. Okay, I'll, I'll say playing Deanna Troy was, Ash, for people who, you know, I've said this a million times, and but it is the biggest challenge for me, was keeping Marina out of the character because we're not alike. I mean, it was, no. So that was the biggest challenge. For seven years and four movies, having to dampen down my own personality. Yeah. Bill, do you have challenges as an actor, or is it all... Uh... Well, it, 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 the words, you know, remembering the words, learning the words, keeping them, and if you're doing a play eight times a week, you know, uh, along the line, you're thinking, "Is uh, uh, had an argument, and suddenly the words go, go out of your mind, and you think, where am I now exactly? Oh, I love So when was the last time you did a play, Bill? Hmm. Well, I I did. Uh, I was on Broadway uh, on a one man show uh, five years ago. Wow! Five years ago. One, so one man tour. Been touring, yeah. And touring. Oh, right, that's that. right. Your one man show. That's right. That's yeah. right. You know what? So when I, I did a I did a play last year in London mm-hmm. in August. No, July, June, Ju- June and July and August, and I started learning the lines in January. Right. Because I mean, that didn't used to be the case. No, and, and you opened, and you opened in July. In June. In June. So by July, you're beginning to forget them. No, no, they were there. They're still there. They're there forever. Really? I, in fact, I could do it now. I think. I think because I started learning them so quickly. Because what I used to do before was just learning the night before for film. Right. Right. But but I, my first ever job was in a in a regional theater, and one of the parts I played was Ophelia. I learned it in two hours. Yeah. When I Those was hours. 21, I could learn shape the whole thing in two hours. Yeah. When I did a play last year, I had to start six months ahead of time. Yeah. Well, it has become increasingly more difficult. Uh, oh, my God. That didn't used to be one of the challenges. As no. an actor, but uh, it does become that. Um, but I think it's all, for me, it's all challenging. I, I uh, you know, none of it's easy. Uh, I keep finding, I keep finding new things. I keep thinking, oh, that's how you do it. Mm-hmm. Every time you do it, think, oh, why didn't I do that before? Oh my god, I know, I know. I was watching. I was flicking through the channels, and I and I saw a scene from Nemesis uh, that I was in, and I and I and I watched myself, and I watched me totally mess up a line. Got it. I mean, I didn't mess up the words. I messed up the intention so badly. I was ashamed of myself. I was mm-hmm. like, oh, what were you thinking? That wasn't the way to say the line. You should have said it like this. You know, yeah. Yeah, I I, I did a play one time many, many years ago. Chekhov, I did the uh, Cherry Orchard. Uh, and I did it what with... What did you play, Brent, in the Cherry Orchard? I played the Yippie Hodoff, which okay. is... A great part because it it's an actor-proof part. You 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 get all the laughs no matter what because it's built into the show. I mean, well, not brilliant. necessarily, not necessarily because no? if a certain person who worked at the public theatre had directed it, I'm not going to mention names, who doesn't open the title page of Chekhov where it says the name of the mm-hmm. play, a comedy. Right. What are you talking about? I have no idea who you're talking about. Well, well I just, I'm just saying a lot of a, a certain American director, theater director, ignores the title page of Chekhov and just goes into doom and gloom from day from page one. <laughs> no. Well, this, this was uh, I, I did this uh, uh, the play and, and uh, Bill, you know, you remember Morris Karnofsky? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Well, Morris Karnofsky played Fears. The he was out of, out of the Yiddish theater. Yeah, and then ultimately the group theater. I think yeah. he was, yeah. And he um, he had been famously had played Shylock uh, many times. He would have been wonderful. Yeah. And so we're doing the play uh, uh, Cherry Orchard, and I was in the same dressing room as Morris. And uh, 
I, he said, what role would you like to play one day? And I said, well, I'd like to play Shylock. And he says, oh, I've played it many times. And I said, and I started to do one of Shylock's first lines from the play. And I did it. And as I said it, he looked up at me and went, that's the way you say that line. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. My, my My story about that, there was a great German actor many years ago called Frederick Vault. And I was at Stratford and he was playing Shylock. And I was one of the, the young guys who were uh, rolling around. And and he went, whatever the words are, I'm not and this spittle, this blob of phlegm soared through the air. <laughs> but sure. <laughs> I, I had an experience one time on stage with, uh, I was in the chorus of uh, Houston Music Theater. Uh, and we were doing uh, Annie Get Your Gun with, um, well, I, I can't remember who played Annie, but uh, Johnny Desmond, the singer Johnny Desmond played oh, yeah. her, her, her love interest. And he sang the song, uh, they say that falling in love is wonderful. And he went, they say that falling in love is one. And his teeth flew. No. He was not good. He went across the stage, all the way across the stage. And, and, you know, to his credit, he burst out laughing and was walked over, grabbed him, put him back in, and they kind of composed himself and went on. uh, Wow. That's hysterical. Oh, yeah. Wow. But at least his teeth didn't hit anybody. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. I'd I, uh, like to get my teeth into this part is what he was really was saying. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> in, do you I think he was just a little long in the tooth for the part. Canadian theater, people, you two, American and Canadian people, yes. do you try and make the, I mean, in the British theater, the whole play is all after the first night, let me say. After the first night, every night is about trying to make the, the rest of the cast laugh. No, no, only the last night. Only on the last night. You see, in mm. England, it's a running theme through the whole run of the play. Terrible. Mm. I remember once I was doing a, a, a farce called Not Now, Darling. Oh, wait a minute. If you're doing a farce and you're making amusing laughs, different. No, no, yeah. But I mean, yeah, I, obviously, it doesn't happen as much in Shakespeare. But if you're doing comedy, it pretty But it does happen in Shakespeare as well. A lot. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. it does mm-hmm. happen. Yeah. I don't know what it is about British actors. They just, I tried to make, I, I had to be naked under this. I'm the, I'm the fella's mistress in the play and, and his wife shows up and I, and he's bought me this fur coat and I have to be naked under the fur coat. And at one point I'm supposed to flash the wife. You know, I'm standing obviously facing up stage. Is that what you call it, the to, wife? And to flash her. Oh, flash I see. Her. That I'm naked under the fur coat. Well, obviously the it. audience, the audience couldn't see me, so I didn't have to be naked. But one night, I thought I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get her. I'm gonna be naked under the fur coat. And I opened up the fur coat, and I was stark naked. And all she did was raise an eyebrow like that. And it, I, I corpsed myself. I just <laughs> literally was laughing hysterically for the rest of the scene. So it can backfire. <coughs> Absolutely can backfire. Yeah, well, so, uh, Patty, uh, you some great questions. <laughs> we try. Thank you. Um, <laughs> We've all taken a leaf out of Bill's book and ignoring the questions and just having a chat. Go yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. I think I, Lawrence, thank you for the question. And a reminder to our audience if you would like to chat with our panelists like I am now or purchase a personalized autograph, please sign up at galaxycon.com. I think we have time for a few more. Let's roll another one from Jackie. Ooh, do you have a favorite author? I'll go first because I have two Jane Austen and um, Stieg Larsson. Hmm. Done. I do not. There's I, a guy. So sorry. Yeah, no, I, I, I have no favorite author. I like all authors. I'm a diplomat. There's an English, uh, English writer that I, I discovered uh, reading him, but, uh, and he's well-known, but not that well-known. Robert McFarlane is his name. I know Robert McFarlane. 
He's the one of his books that I just absolutely fell in love with was called Underground. And he wrote about everything that goes on underground, caves and people. Uh, this was nonfiction, right? Uh, yeah, nonfiction. He's a uh, he's a he's a scientist of uh, archaeologist or something like that. Archaeologist. Mm. Nice. I don't think Bill reads um, fiction, do you, Bill? Very little. Very, Very little. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I love I love the exploration of the natural world. I, I love what they're doing. I love the history. I love the magic of language coming down from northern Turkey, from Mongolia, and sweeping down language. And they could plot what <clears throat> things happened in history by the introduction of words. Mm. It's fantastic. I mean, it it's fascinating. By your mind, you go, oh, my God, is that what happened? They, they, they introduced the, the word horse. Oh, 10,000 years ago, I guess horse happened then, or grain, or uh, the, the way things have happened to mankind and to the earth and to the world, the magic of it is incredible. It's the yeah. same magic that's going on politically now. Just things happen, and suddenly you're wending down corridors that you never expected to, to, to be in. It's just the magic that's happening right here, right now. Right now, it's happening, and we've got to recognize that magic. And think of the books that will be written about the history of this last four years. Or, or this last uh, 47 minutes that we've been doing. <laughs> <laughs> but imagine, imagine what went on behind the scenes as one a million of them. And after oh, yeah. another left, left the executives. Well, one great man trained to be, to, to work the, like the great soldiers at Rome were trained to, to support the Roman Empire and come to the to the uh, to, to, to discourse and uh, draw up laws and things like that. That's what these soldier philosophers came from. They were in our government, and one by one they left. Why? Well, we will find out. We know why. Yeah. Well, of course. Well, we but, found about, but, we found out. But there's stuff going on behind all that. Yeah. Yeah. There's layers of stuff going on that the history of which will be fascinating reading from. Here on in. Well, because there are all these uh, suspicions of all this this dark business, you know, that's that goes on that that guides everything that none of us know about. Yeah, uh, is is that even real? Is that possibly real, or is it just? But it's it's our inability. It's our inability to imagine that human beings can act that way. So it must have some. It must have some purpose, but it doesn't. It's just floundering around trying to. Do something good or bad. Yeah. You know, the problem yeah. is that when they wrote the Constitution, they had they called themselves gentlemen. They regarded themselves as men of honor, and that they would whatever their whatever their beliefs, whatever their party, that they were honorable men. Right? Honor was a big thing back then. I mean, there might have been slave owners, but amongst themselves, you know, honor. We've come to a point where honor has vanished. Honor for the last four years, honor has been a word absent from the from the English language in America. Not everybody, Marina. Not, not everybody. On, no, not on everybody, but it, a lot of it. A lot of it. They lot. They had no honor, and uh, and we've discovered because of that that a lot of stuff that wasn't written down, they didn't think they had to write it down because they were men of honor, that we have to write this shit down now, excuse my French. It has to be made into law. Otherwise, you know, this could happen again. When you have a man without honor. Yeah. Okay, Jackie? Bit, I said I wouldn't be all political, but I had to get a little bit. Oh, it wouldn't be you if you didn't. So again, I, 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 Marina, uh, today of all days, you get exactly. a blank check. Exactly. <laughs> you get a blank check. Uh, Jackie, thank you so much for that. I think we have time for one more, so I asked you to roll a really good one for us to close out on. From David, is there a guiding principle oh. in Star Trek would help us today in these uncertain times? Excellent question. Got an answer? Marina, do you have an answer? A guiding principle. Well, um, I think the prime directive is a good one. I think the prime directive. 
you know, and, and I think if anyone taught us about the Prime Directive in our lifetime, it was George Bush Jr. How you don't go into other countries where you have no right to be. So, yeah, the Prime Directive. Well, it's interesting. Oh, go ahead, Bill. Well, I was going to say, I think syndication. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, you know, uh, there, there is a, uh, a guiding principle of Star Trek that that I think requires a, a more thought than than I've ever given it, or, or even know how to address. But it has to do with uh, the idea of accepting other people accepting other everyone for who they are and appreciating the differences in people uh, rather than the differences. Huh? Celebrating, the differences. celebrating the differences rather than, than you know, opposing them. And, but that is, that is a very uh, complicated idea today. You know, uh, when we have so many differences, particularly at the moment, it's difficult to celebrate what separates us. Exactly. Well, it depends on the differences, doesn't it, Brenda? I mean, if my difference with you is, is uh, I, I really own that house that you're in. So my difference with you is I own that place. Right. And I want that place. Yeah. And your difference is, well, I work very hard for this, so I don't care. I like that place. My difference with you is I want it. Now, how are you going to ameliorate that? Yeah. Well, I think I think what we have to do now on our side is we, we're not going to gloat. We're not going to gloat. Because his supporters feel the way that we would have felt if we'd lost. Exactly. Of course. Right. Right. Course. They're devastated. Yeah. They're absolutely yeah. devastated. They're depressed. Absolutely. You know, we thought he was the devil incarnate. <clears throat> they thought that God sent him. You know, that was the difference, right? Yeah. So they are absolutely devastated today. And right. upset and, and angry and everything that we would be feeling if the shoe was on the other foot. So I think we have to be very careful of how we go forward now because we can't just talk the talk about, you know, healing the nation. We really try right. to try to do something. Marina, Marina, you're, what you're expressing is absolutely correct. So why are you leaving uh, the country and going back to England? Because... Why did you take why did you take what you're saying with passion and help? You know why? Why? I want to go. I want to go and live in a country where I don't have to audition. Oh, you want to be asked? You know, I think I think one of the biggest surprises is going to be not to be too political, but I think one of the biggest surprises to uh, to all sides is going to be that the media who has been uh, you know, seen as, as the enemy and this, this uh, you know, monster is going to scrutinize the, the Joe Biden and that administration just as much. They're going to scrutinize it and, and, and put a microscope on it or, a, you know, just or a looking glass on it just as much as they did in the previous administration. And that's going to be a surprise, I think, to everybody. Yeah, it was a good question. What is the Fox Network going to do now? Are they going to pillage? Well, well, Chris Wallace. Well, Chris Wallace is trying to get on Trump's good side again this morning. <laughs> Chris Wallace, after having <laughs> having got been got you know got Trump's wrath from the first uh, debate, um, right. he, he I watched him trying to uh, re-engage himself with uh, the Orange Menace this morning. He was. Um, <laughs> He was uh, saying something about, oh, yes, of course, the president had every right to challenge, you know, and get the votes. And, and it's, yeah, it's, it's all rubbish. But they, you know. will, they will go on. Did. You know what they do? They'll go back to what they were like when Obama was president. Well, what you know, mean. what may be different is they may have a competitor uh, in the in the Trump uh, media circus. You know, he may do what he initially wanted to do was form a network so that he can comment from from his point of view and and he may take them right out of business 
Listen, he, mean, I, Trump, I have said Trump this. Develop a, a network of his own. I think that's I think the this idea. Be the start of a third-party system in America because I really believe, like Grant, that Trump may start his own party because he is the most popular person in the Republican Party right now. Why would he need to start a new party? Hold because on to there that. are Republicans. Because there are Republicans who are the old, the old school. Yeah, are, we haven't you know, we haven't heard from them. We haven't heard from them very much. No, because you know. There's a, I've got a few theories about that, but you know, they, they, I, I, I think, and even they want, they want, they want things to kind of go back to the old way because it was comfortable. It was the two party system, whatever you want to call it. And ap after this, this infant tribe that uh, President Trump has been, I, I think the Republican Party just kind of wants things to go back to the normal they were comfortable with. Yeah. But he is still the most powerful person in the Republican Party. He yeah. is their leader. He's their voice. Oh, and, um, yeah. you know, I'm sorry, you know, listen, a lot of people have absolutely tried to explain how anyone can support this man. And I've listened, I've watched MSNBC and CNN for a year, and I switch over occasionally to Fox News to see what's, what they're saying. But they everyone's been tying themselves up in knots trying to explain explain how people can vote for this man and i will tell you you heard it here they voted for one of their own Could be. they recognized themselves in him and that's who they voted for <clears throat> and that's all i have to say which oddly enough brings us back to uh, david's question What's the element of Star Trek? Um, for me, it's a future where everybody can do whatever they want. They can pursue whatever lifestyle and career they want. Everybody in Star Trek is doing, there's no dead end jobs on Earth in Star Trek. Everybody is doing exactly what they want to do. Everybody is free to pursue their intellectual and professional uh, who desires. Takes out, who takes out the garbage in Star Trek? Somebody who wants to be a garbage man. We have garbage. There, there are there are there are groundskeepers and janitors in Star Trek. <laughs> there 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 really are, and uh, for whatever reason, they like it. Have enough uh, power. We got more power. Ah, <laughs> uh, Galaxy Guy viewers. This has been the cast of Star Trek, and that was my time, but it absolutely does not have to be yours. If you'd like to chat with our guests like I have today or purchase an autograph, please head over to galaxycon.com. And while you're there, check out our schedule events like this. Gentlemen and lady, any final words for our audience before we go today? Thank you so much for joining us today. It's been Thank so you much for joining us. And Brent and Marina, what a pleasure to see you too. Bill, too. delighted to see you. Oh, Marina, man. darling. Love you both. It's been great. I love, love you, you too. guys. Yeah. I'm going to have a dance party at my house. Brent, you don't have to dance. Okay, I can watch, right? You can, watch, can sing. I think, I think dancing is in order. Just the way uh, you, you hit those two notes, Brent. You got to do more singing. All right. All right, Bill. I will. <laughs> gentlemen and ladies my absolute pleasure to serve you all today as always and once again thank you for joining us here at the galaxy con virtual stage thank you to our audience for joining us today and thank you all for those great questions hope to see you all later today for a rooster teeth reunion featuring the casts of team ruby and team juniper together and tomorrow galaxy con will be hosting reunions of knight rider boy meets girl sesame street and the muppets until then bye bye everyone take care and please keep washing those hands <laughs>